Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead Cast, episode 29. So you may be wondering, everyone, why it's just the two of us this week. Jason is away on vacation. I think he's somewhere on a tropical island having a good time, surrounded (laughs) by uh, women in bikinis, drinking martinis, things like that. Right. Yeah. Topless (laughs) women talking to Brujo. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, (laughs) What he's really doing is, of course, he's in London for Walker Stalker Con and hopefully interviewing Bruce Campbell uh, well, maybe not right as we speak because it's the middle of the night there, but sometime tomorrow, I hope that would be really cool. That would be so cool to hear Bruce Campbell. It would be, uh, you know, we've done some interviews with the rest of the cast of Ash versus Evil Dead, but we need to get Bruce on here. Yeah, totally. He is the man. He is the man. Exactly. But, uh, Jason will be back next week. Uh, so hopefully you don't miss him too much, but, uh, I also hope rich and I know that you and I can hold down the fort here this week and, and, uh, put something together. That's, that's hopefully okay. (laughs) Groovy. We're going to do it, baby. (laughs) All right. Well, he'll be back next week. Uh, let's dive right in. Attention shoppers. Deadcast top three in five. Four, three, two. All right, it's our top three highlights for season three, episode three, titled Apparently Dead. Apparently Dead. I, uh, yeah, that's a, an appropriate title, I believe. I think so too. Yeah, apparently dead, but maybe not. I, I don't know. So, general thoughts, Rich, what did you think of this episode? Well, you know, uh, I liked it, of course, my favorite show on TV, but I have to admit, maybe for the first time, that I didn't laugh as much as most of the episodes that were that are on. You know, it just there was some funny parts, but not as funny as in the past. Uh, there was some excellent gore. The action was good, of course, uh, found of I also found a lot of what happens in this episode a bit perplexing, to be honest with you. So we got like. You know, we got like Dalton. He appears to have uh, Dalton appears to be have just been a cameo. He didn't last very long. Uh-huh. How much more are we going to see of him? You know, Brock is back for about six minutes. Then he's gone again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we get to see the naked lady again. Not complaining about that too much, but I'm starting to wonder, you know, like, who is that? What's that all about? Is you know, is is Brujo going to be making an appearance and all that fun stuff? So yeah, it was a bit perplexing, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think it was pretty good, but I'm sort of with you. It uh, it kind of gave me the same feeling as last week. I think I you know I said last week that the episode seemed a little more talky than than Ash versus Evil Dead is sometimes. A little more yeah. dialogue and stuff. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but it feels like season three is going that way a little bit. A little bit more dialogue, still entertaining, um, but I I almost feel like they're they're trying to balance 
the comedy and the gore and kind of the dialogue a little bit more this season, um, at least, you know, within episodes, whereas before you'd have episodes that were just all action or all gore and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. we're not, we're not doing that as much this year, but I liked it. I liked this episode. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you're right. There's some, there's some interesting stuff in here that, uh, I think we can get into. Yeah. It feels kind of like they're building up to something, huh? It's like, this is, this is more of a continuation of like a setup episode. It feels like something big is coming. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, I have some theories on what that might be, but I think we'll get into that a little bit in my, uh, in my top three. So why don't you start and give us your number three for this episode? Number three, you know what my number three is, is the soundtrack. I'm really enjoying the soundtrack this year. It's totally cool, man. You got, you got, I went back and looked it up. So you got daddy cool in the first episode. I want candy. Totally appropriate. You got Rock Your Baby by George McRae, 30 Days in the Hole, Take <laughs> On Me by Aha. And then in this episode, we got Crimson and Clover. And then uh, and then that kid's song. Hey, was that was that the actors that were singing the kid's song? It sounded like it was uh, Bruce and, and Lucy. It was, as, as far as I could tell. Um, I did not recognize the song, but I did recognize their voices. So I, I pr I'm pretty sure it was Bruce and Lucy, but... I ha I did go and search it out, and uh, do you know where that song is from? I found it. No, no. So it is a song called "What's the Matter with Kids Today" from Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, <laughs> and you can that's great. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, it's there. It's you know they only did a uh, portion of the song for the closing credits of this episode, yeah. but uh, it was it was good. I, I thought it was like it struck me as so weird at first. You know, the episode yeah. ends <laughs> and suddenly we hear Bruce Campbell and Lucy Lawless singing this song that I didn't recognize. But I'm like, did they write this for the for the show or yeah, it yeah. almost it, it almost felt like it was semi improvised a little bit like they just got mm -hmm. them in front of microphones and said, all right. We're going to do a song. Uh, you guys are smart. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally sounded like a like a show tune, but I couldn't place it. Yeah. It's a great song. The lyrics are hilarious. I think I'm going to use that. Uh, you listen to that song on my way home from work every day. <laughs> That's right, because uh, you have kids and you work with kids, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, to I totally dig the soundtrack this year, man. It's it's cool. Uh, I like the songs. First of all, they remind me of listening you know what they? You know what they remind me of listening to the weekly top ten of my dad's giant '70s stereo when I was a kid, just before every Sunday night, just before the Doctor Demento show came on. I used to just sit there with headphones and listen to all these all these songs that we're hearing now, and the songs fit. You know, the whoever's choosing the songs to put into the episodes, they fit so well into the scenes. You know, and they're just abstract enough that anyone can totally put them in there in their own way. It's it's great. Yeah, and Crimson and Clover is a very cool song that, that yeah. pops up on TV shows now and then. And, uh, you know, I don't know I don't know if it was made famous. That's Joan Jett, that version that we heard, right? I think. Uh, it, it, yeah, I think it was. I think so. I'd have to double check that. But that's the version I feel like that, well, at least for me anyways, that's the version I know better than than the original version of it yeah, so and that yeah. might be sort of the one that made it famous because i'm i'm pretty sure that song was uh charting on the pop hits when they when they covered it and uh on the on the i mean on the pop charts when they covered it and, and released it so um good song and you're right the soundtrack is awesome this show has always had an awesome soundtrack 
Yeah, it has. It, it, for some reason, though, it's really sticking out this year for me. That Crimson and Clover was perfect, man. It's got that like <laughs> that like that creepy cadence to it, you know. And it's like Crimson, and it's like I mean, what is it? Is it blood and flowers? I mean, come on, it's pretty cool. That's true, actually. Yeah, what exactly are they talking about? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can put whatever you want, you know. Insert here whatever your imagination could come up with. That's the greatest part. It's cool. If um if anyone who's listening is interested in the soundtrack, I, I think on the Wikipedia page for the show, they list all the songs that have ever been used since the beginning. So if you're looking yeah, for something, you can find it, and uh, there's some good stuff on there. There's some people on YouTube, too, that uh, put together the soundtracks from these shows. You can listen to them on YouTube. Oh, like playlists on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do that. All right. Well, soundtrack is very cool. My number three for this episode, and I feel like I do this every week, but I kind of like to call out the cold open, which is, of course, the segment before the uh, the opening uh, title card, the opening yeah. thing. Um, they do them so well. They do them so well on this show. It's always a great scene. Last week, it was the the dead baby or the the birth of the creep creepy baby in the car this week it was ash and candy's fight in the coffin which i yeah. thought was amazing i really liked the the close quarters of it you know it's like you're stuck in a coffin there's nowhere for ash to go and she's like right there on top of him and you know he's cracking wise of course as he does and yeah. just trying to deal with it uh, you know, she puts her tongue through the picture, which was gross and uh, also <laughs> amazing. And then, of course, he rips the thing away. Her tongue comes off and eventually like her the whole bottom half of her face is off. And it was uh, it was awesome. I thought it was a really fun <laughs> fight scene. And and it was one of those ones where nobody's being like thrown around the room or crashing through tables or whatever. We get that later in the episode. But for now, it's just Ash <laughs> in a stuck in a coffin with his undead ex-wife, which is awesome. <laughs> Beheaded by picture frame. I, I bet you that's another first. Yeah, well, it probably is. Yeah, which you'd think would be really <laughs> difficult, except her, she'd already been beheaded once before. So it was barely hanging on. <laughs> and then all the yellow stuff that was squirting out of her out of her neck that was a nice touch you know she was probably what embalmed yeah that was that was good it was gross i did expect i i'm a little disappointed the only thing i could say i was disappointed with in that scene is that ash didn't get more covered in gore because when he when he did chop her head off with the picture frame and then the whole the whole scene sort of calmed down for a second before he delivered his one liner of how was that for you, which you know is <laughs> funny. Um, I I I kind of expected just like a fountain of blood to start pouring out of her neck, like right into his mouth or onto his oh, face or something. But they right, didn't yeah. they didn't go for it. But I don't know. <laughs> that was hilarious. That yeah, I agree. That scene was great, especially uh, before that is is what I enjoyed. You know, the kind of the build up where he had the the creepiness and just Ash by himself kind of walking in there. Uh, he had some pretty funny lines in that first part. That's, I guess that's where I was laughing the most is right at the beginning there. When, <laughs> when he walks into the funeral home and he takes the flowers right out of the vase. Oh, here you go, honey. Yeah. That's how you can tell they're fresh. <laughs> he says, what does he say? He says, uh, Oh, 50 bucks a week was just a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he says, I'm sorry I was late. I stopped to get flowers for you. And we see him just then pick them out of the, the vase as he walked yeah. in. Yeah. 
I'll keep the I'll keep the seat down, baby. Yeah, it's hilarious too because I, I that actually worked. Brandy was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll give you a second chance." <laughs> yeah, for for a minute, anyways. Uh, and then it gets all sort of serious. I'm not really serious, but he goes in to like see Candy, you know, and he's semi serious for a minute. And then as he's leaving, he makes that crack about you give the best, and so yeah. <laughs> and then it you know spirals out of control from there. So. I don't know, another good cold open. I, I look forward to the sort of beginnings of these episodes every week because so far they've always been awesome. I have, I have a good point. They're always awesome. When the funeral home director says, uh, we reinstated the head, and then, you know, Ash is like, whoa, and he, he grabs a fork. I was like totally giggling in anticipation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, buddy. Are you sure that was a good idea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he says... I'll always remember you, or at least I'll never forget you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't forget you again or something like that. What a dark. What does that mean? <laughs> well, you know, he forgot her once, but he's never going to forget her again after this. Only Ash. Yeah, only Ash, exactly. All right, man. Well, uh, what do you got for number two? Numero dos. Uh, I put Dalton is dead. I don't really know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. It felt like he was a third wheel, kind of. So I'm not really like super surprised that he came to a sticky end. Yep. Blah, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, what's his role in all of this? You know, I mean, if you if you take him like if you took him out of the first three episodes, nothing really would be different. He didn't really make much of an impact. So how much more are we going to get to see of this guy? You know, I wonder if I wonder if maybe. Uh, he's part of a grand plan where Ruby is building an army of sorts or, you know, or he's going to be in a, like some sort of major battle between Ash, Kelly and Pablo and all these other deadites, you know, uh, that would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see where uh, his character's headed, but at the same time, I'm not really surprised that he's gone. No. And my number two is Dalton as well. And the first note I made is I'm so glad that guy is dead. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I just, I never liked him and, and maybe that's just me. I wasn't really open to the idea of this new character being introduced. Uh, although it worked okay for me with Brandy, maybe because she's actually related to Ash and there was more to her or something, but Dalton, mm -hmm. I just never was on board and you are absolutely right. I feel like he, he just showed up out of nowhere and he added nothing to the show. Yeah, so far. Well, and and if he'd stuck around longer, maybe he he would have. Maybe they would have developed something more with him. But we got him for three episodes. He did virtually nothing, and now he's dead. And so I'm not too sad about it. Um, I do think the way he died was pretty awesome. Uh, he kind of got picked up by by the evil and slammed into a tree, and then of course got run over by Pablo in the car. That was amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. I liked that. Cause that was a he, good stunt. I mean, it looked like, I don't know, but if you watch it, I watched it a couple of times and the guy was still moving yeah. when the truck hit him. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, no, there, it was a pretty good effect. And the way, you know, Pablo didn't just drive into him. He jumped that truck, flew through the air and just took <laughs> him out, you know? So yeah, Pablo had no love for Dalton either. Huh? No, not at all. Not at all. And I love Pablo and I love Kelly and, and Dalton just, like you said, felt like a third wheel. So I'm kind of okay with him being gone off the show, but I mean, I guess you're right. He, it's not necessarily a given that we won't see more of him somehow. 
Um, but for now, I'm pretty happy he's gone. Yeah. Did you did you think it was going to happen? Did you see it? Did you see that it was going to happen? Like, did I think did I see it coming in in this episode? Yeah. Not really, to be honest. I I I assumed when they introduced him that he would sort of be part of the team for the duration of the season, but um but you know, maybe he he would have been killed off towards the end at some point. I just I didn't yeah. so I didn't expect it this early in the in the run, no. Yeah, me either. Although when he was when they were going to the cabin and he was riding his motorcycle, I was like, Why is he riding his motorcycle? That doesn't make any sense. I thought maybe they were going to split up or something like that, but instead, he's gone. I didn't even notice he was on a motorcycle. They didn't all go there in the same vehicle? No, he was on a motorcycle, and Pablo and Kelly were in that truck. Oh, okay. I did like when they got there, though, and they all got out, and uh, Pablo, he goes, where do we start? And Pablo's like, over there. No, no, way over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, leave us alone, man. We, I don't want you anywhere near uh, me and my girlfriend here. <laughs> Right, right. So, um, yeah, and you know, I just speaking about Dalton some more. I thought he, I thought he was probably introduced primarily to sort of be a put a stake through Pablo and Kelly's relationship or or whatever sort of relationship they had, but um, maybe put him there for the the romantic tension a little bit. But yeah, um, it just. It kind of was in there a bit, but it never really played out. So maybe the whole point of him was simply to introduce the Knights of Samaria and they're going to do something more with that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Good point. Right. You know, uh, when he said, I guess there's still, uh, um, I, guess, I guess it's still unanswered whether or not Pablo actually killed Dalton, huh? Because you didn't see that happen. I guess they kind of left it uh, uh ambiguous as to whether he did i don't know i'm assuming he didn't because it didn't look like pablo had anything to do with his death yeah no i'm i'm totally on board i don't think he did either uh but i mean what happened that they crashed the truck kelly ran up to it neither of them were were in the truck and or sorry well pablo wasn't there anymore so we don't know exactly where he is at this moment right um but i but i agree i don't i never assumed pablo had anything to do with it but it's I guess it's not out of the, out of the possibility, out of the realm yeah. of possibility because, um, you know, Pablo has been possessed before. Most of the characters have been possessed at one point or another. Uh, but I don't think Pablo would kill him, you know, as sort of on purpose as Pablo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he doesn't like him, but he's not going to just murder the guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. In fact, when, when Dalton was, uh, you know, on the stick and he says, Pablo did this. I actually got kind of mad. I was like, Hey, don't blame Pablo. How much do we love Pablo? Right? <laughs> exactly. <What a> jerk. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame that guy. What did he ever do? All he ever did is like, say he doesn't like you. He doesn't mean he's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Pablo is awesome. And then, uh, and then I also liked that Kelly, she didn't even think about giving up the dagger. You know, sometimes you'll get a character and she's like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe I should give it to him. Maybe I, what do I do? But she was like, Nope, sorry. You're not getting the dagger. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not for you. Can't, can't have it. But I wonder if he planted the seed in her a little bit, just about, uh Oh, maybe Pablo did do this. And, and even, even if she goes to ask Pablo about it later and he denies it, she might be like, well, but are you sure you, you know, you knew what you were doing and all that sort of thing. I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of tension there instead now. 
Yeah, good point. It'd be like a, it'd be like a divide and conquer thing, huh? Yeah, it'll divide them a little bit. Like she's she doesn't she doesn't quite trust him anymore. Maybe, I mean, this is all speculation, but I figure there's got to be a reason for this, and uh, you know, maybe that's it. And and ultimately, though, I I hope that Pablo is not doing evil stuff like this. At least not in his uh, right frame of mind. Dude, now I'm a little bit worried. I love that guy. And, <laughs> and ha having said that out loud, I'm a little bit worried too. So, <laughs> but overall, I'm kind of glad Dalton's gone. Yeah, me too. There you go. Uh, okay. Um, so that was my number two. Dalton, both of us had number two. Do you have a number one? I hope you do. <laughs> number one, uh, Brock. Brock is back. Ash's dad. It was totally cool to see Ash's dad back in the flesh. I love that character. I I like and I like I love Lee Majors, especially now after I um after we went to uh, Walker Stalker Con in Atlanta and yep. I got to watch you and uh, and Jason interview him. He was a really cool guy. I like to uh, I I'd like to. Uh, did you catch the foreshadowing when uh, right before not right before but when Brandy was up in Cheryl's room and and she was resting on the bed and she was looking around and the camera was looking at different pictures and stuff the camera fades away on a picture or a drawing of brock as a younger man i'm assuming you know ashes and cheryl's dad uh -huh. and i was like oh hey, look that's the six million dollar man and then later <laughs> on he, he appears i was like whoa brock is back that was cool totally looking forward to seeing brock again too yeah yeah absolutely uh i i enjoyed the scenes with him i um i did not pick up or I didn't figure out exactly what Ruby was doing when she was resurrecting him. Did you know that was him coming out of that grave? No, no, I didn't. In fact, I was curious too. I was like, what's she doing? Is she going to raise an army of the dead or something? And then it was Brock and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I think that was pretty cool. And the whole concept of him like coming into the house and the first thing he does is go and take a shower <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> to, to clean off all the, the gunk and the whatever like the uh, half his skin came off it seemed like or whatever it was i thought that was so bizarre and even then i didn't realize who it was and the first time i watched through i'm like what the hell is going on we got this dead eye come to the door and it's taking a shower <laughs> i wrote like that down too i wrote risen corpse takes a shower i kind of find that really creepy for some reason i think i'd prefer it just for him to walk in the house and start attacking people <laughs> well that's what you expect right but yeah yeah risen corpse takes a shower <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another another first probably yeah yeah i think so but i i agree it was fun to see him again uh is that it though is this just sort of a cameo do you think is are we not gonna see any more of them I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing him again, so I hope so. Uh, I, you know, he's got to come back. You can't just come into a scene for six minutes and then get killed again. <laughs> There's more to it than that. And you know, is he going to come back? Is he going to team up with Ash? Is he going to? Is he forever turned to the dark side? It's going to make some good drama. He's got to be coming back. All right. Well, I, I hope so. I'm just not quite as convinced. I feel like maybe it was just a cameo because everyone loves him and everyone loves to see Lee Majors. Uh, but he did get the chainsaw through the, the chest and looked pretty dead again. But yeah, we know, we know that doesn't <laughs> so much for so much for tiptoeing around Brandy. Huh? Everyone's like, oh, Brandy, you know, be careful. She's fragile and she's lost her mom and everything. And then she gets like a full on face full of grandpa's guts. Yo, I know she I, I made a note here that 
you are not truly a, a cast member of Ash versus Evil Dead until you've been totally and utterly drenched in blood. Yeah. So totally. I think we can officially welcome Brandy to the family now, and, uh, <laughs> and she'll probably continue to get drenched in blood as the series goes on. Dude, if she was, if, she, if her character was a real person, she'd be nuts, man. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> if any of these people were real, if any of these characters were real people, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my God. You know what else, too, I liked about that scene is that, uh, you know, Ash walks in and he sees his dad, he sees Brock talking to his daughter, and he just had a, a little bit of a flinch on his face. And I was like, yeah, that's about as excited as you're going to see Ash get, you know, it's about as surprised as Ash can get. Cause he, that poor bastard, he's seen so much. It doesn't even phase him hardly to see his dad back alive, sitting there talking to his daughter on the couch. No, I know. I mean, he's, he's seen it all at this point. And he, I like how he didn't, I, I didn't feel like there was ever really a moment where Ash was um, kind of emotional about it. Like he never, for a second considered, oh, maybe this is my dad again, and maybe he's back and everything will be fine. You know, he immediately is like, uh, you're dead. And what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. He had that with Ash and then he had that with Kelly too. The solidarity of these characters. I, I like it. I love it when they're just like, you know, chaotic good or chaotic evil and they just do their business and there's no confusion. They're not confused or, you know, on what to do. They just, they get it done. I love that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's funny because Ash is often confused, but he does sort of know what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, when it comes to chopping up deadites, for sure. Oh, that's his that's his number one uh, priority usually. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of number one, mine is uh, pretty much the Ash and his daughter's relationship, Ash and Brandy's relationship. Uh, mm. I think they're they're doing a pretty good job of of sort of developing this a little bit. And in a way, I'm a bit surprised by how much Ash really wants to be a father to her. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know why I'm super surprised about that just because of the way Ash is, but he, I'm, I'm really enjoying watching him sort of try to be a father in his own screwed up kind of way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a scene at the beginning where, he tells uh, in in the um, in the church where he where Ruby's there, right? And he tells Ruby that you better not come between a papa bear and his cub. Mm -hmm. And he delivered that line, I think, is one of the most serious lines ever on the show. Like there was no comedy behind it. Like I felt like Ash was saying, "Don't you better not screw with my daughter because this is like the most important person in my life right now." And uh, yeah. that's that's a big deal for Ash, right? He 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 has trouble sort of getting close to people and uh, now he has a daughter and it's, it's really working for him. And then later on um, in the house, you know, before Brock shows up again, there's in the, in the bedroom, Brandy, there's a scene where she tries on his hardware store uniform and she's looking at herself oh, yeah, in the yeah. mirror and she, she kind of rejects it in the end and is like, no, this is, this is stupid. But it's to me, I was like, she's trying to, identify with her dad a little bit she's trying to put her, herself in his shoes and and see if she can kind of come to terms with him a bit and i like that they're just you know they're trying to do something with these two characters on a family relationship level and uh i i don't know if i would have necessarily expected that for for this tv show 
you know, going into it. And it's not something we've really had over the two or three years, but I think it's working and I'm, I'm glad to see it. Yeah. I picked up on that too. When he said the Papa bear line, don't, don't come between a Papa bear and his cub because I was like, Oh, he's going to say something funny. And I was like getting ready to laugh. And then it it is kind of funny, actually the, the quote, but he said it so seriously. You're right. I was just like, Oh, well, that wasn't funny. That was serious. <laughs> yeah, it was serious. And that's okay. Like not everything has to be hilarious. There's still lots of hilarity here, you know, but they've chosen this one thing to sort of make Ash serious about. And he goes about it all wrong, you know, and he <laughs> things like the 50 bucks and all the other comments he makes and so on. But deep down, I think he really wants to be a good father to Brandy and, and have a relationship with her. And, uh, he just goes about it in his own wacky way. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that... yeah, you're right. I, I don't know the reason either, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's just surrounded by death so much. He's like, I want to, I want to nurture something that's alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's actually, that's probably it, right? He's, he's never really had much of a family. Everybody around him gets killed or he kills them. So he's finally got something he can latch onto a little bit. Yeah. You know, I never really thought of this episode in 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 uh this frame of mind. It's kind of depressing a little bit now. I'm like, gosh, you know, poor <laughs> Ash, poor Brandy, poor Brock. Everybody's like living and dying and living and dying. You know, you're right. I I also think though that uh this relationship with Brandy, it's going to I think it's going to it's the thing that's going to make this season as a whole kind of really hard on ash you know i don't know what's going to happen but if i had to guess i don't think brandy's going to survive the season and it's going and, and ash is going to really have to deal with that and uh you know i don't know how they're going to do that in a funny way but they'll probably find a way uh yeah. but but if you know if this season is going to be really hard on ash which is something we've heard you know, maybe that's, that's it. He really is latching on to this, to his daughter. And if she gets killed or if she's involved in something that, you know, maybe she dies and it's kind of Ash's fault or something, that's what it's really going to tear him apart. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, but I think this is kind of a new approach for the evil dead universe. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like we said earlier, man, something, something big is coming up. It's building up something big. That would be sad if, if, uh, Brandy died, you know what? Maybe you hit something there. If she, if she, if she gets it, I, I can see Ash like going just ballistic, just going nuts, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll completely lose all control and, uh, who knows what'll happen then. Yeah, boy, I wouldn't want to see an angry Ash. <laughs> no no um you know that's that'll be awesome i think so all right um three two one that's that's all of it do you that was it right you did your number one yeah yeah i did number one you got any funny quotes i have a few and i have some notes as well uh if you want to go through some lines though i enjoyed the beginning when the uh the funeral director said, you must be the husband of the deceased. And Ash goes, yeah, for like an hour and a half, but <laughs> lovingly. <laughs> that was great. That was a good one. Um, Candy, uh, when he's in the coffin with her, she goes, as soon as she shows up, she says, you look good, lover. And Ash says, hands off the Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> what did he say? He said something about a parking lot in there too, but I couldn't figure out what he was saying. No, I couldn't get that either. There was line that was, there was one line that was, uh, 
a little bit low or something. I, I didn't get it either, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll have to watch it with the subtitles on or something at some point. Yeah, I know. Stars doesn't have the subtitles on there. No, I like it. Uh, I like it when, uh, <laughs> when he gets out of the coffin and everyone's, you know, aghast and like, <laughs> jaws open and everything. And he's like, Oh, um, uh, we all grieve in our own way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> including getting in the coffin and uh her head falls out you know <laughs> that is some weird grieving dude that is some extremely weird grieving when pablo's talking to the naked lady the first thing he says to her is naked lady i think there's yeah. a dress code <laughs> yeah <laughs> he still can't get the naked out of his mind huh? no no exactly and then the other thing about that whole scene was um it was so weird how pablo doesn't really take her seriously like she listens he listens to what she has to say and then at the end he's like okay got it and then he tries to ask her out on a date yeah <laughs> like it's, he hits on her it's funny but kind of dumb it's like i mean this is probably a serious thing dude you're having this vision and she's telling you that you need to go find the dagger because it's the only thing that can kill the demon lady and you're like okay but do you want to like go out sometime <laughs> maybe we could meet up like at a clothing store yeah that's right <laughs> I'll, I'll buy you a shirt you know <laughs> pablo good old you know what pablo. though i'm starting to wonder about this naked lady what what is that all about so pablo so through this lady i guess who might be like a medium or something he's getting information from his uncle brujo right yeah that's that's essentially what's happening she's trying to help him she's telling him what the ghost beaters need to do right she said go get the dagger it's the only one that can kill ruby um right. and that's essentially you know exactly what they do right after that so yeah she's that is cool i'm glad they're bringing that you know they didn't just drop that that was all the way back to the first season when he when he had his uncle brujo yeah that's right i looked up the actress that plays the naked lady and i'm afraid i can't remember her name right now but she's She's this kind of unusual performance artist that does strange burlesque shows and body painting and things like that. So she's not just oh, yeah. an actress. They they hired someone who has a, a career, a, a rather unusual career in performance art. And there's some stuff on YouTube that's pretty weird if you want to go find it. But uh, um, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. She's got a nice body, too. There you go. <laughs> um couple other lines I thought were funny. One of the first things Ash says to his father when he comes in the house, he says, what the hell are you doing in my house, creepo? Yeah. <laughs> Calling him creepo I thought was good. <laughs> and then uh, Brock talking about Ruby says something like, that old Sasquatch, that fine looking slice of evil pulled me right out of the dirt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Calls her a Sasquatch. Which, yeah, which is weird. So he's like, he's like totally self-aware, huh? Yeah, exactly. He knows that he was brought back from the dead and he knows who did it and how and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a trip. That's blowing my mind. How, how could you deal with that? Well, yeah, exactly. Pretty, pretty insane. Uh, and the first thing he does is he comes back and he just has a nice conversation with his granddaughter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> After a nice long shower. <laughs> but yes, a nice long hot shower to clean off the, the dirt and, I don't know, undead layer of skin. Um, any notes or any other lines you want to hit before we move on? 
I'm taking a quick look, but uh, I think we got it all. Oh, oh, you know what? I wrote something about Ash being dressed like a car salesman from the 70s. Yeah. He had like jeans and a blue checkered jacket and then white shoes. You know, awesome yeah, white like shoes. Sports <laughs> blazer. And then uh, I wrote uh, that uh, first he had the suit on when he was with Candy. And she got a bunch of gross stuff on him. And then she and then he fought his dad, Brock, in the same suit. And I was noticing his tie kept getting more and more tie dyed. It actually started looking better instead of just solid yellow. It had a nice swirl of pink and orange and all those other fluids. <laughs> they should sell those. They should sell the uh, the ash funeral outfit, yeah. <laughs> including a <laughs> yeah. uh, orange and red and yellow tie. I might pick well, that suit, man. <laughs> That's that right. suit was a killer. Um, I think uh, a couple other things I noticed. Brandy mentioned that she's known her guidance counselor, which of course is Ruby, for almost two years. So does that oh, mean yeah. that does that mean that there's been two years passed between seasons? Because it would have to be right because that version of Ruby came back at the end of season two. And if, if, uh, if Brandy's known her for two years, I guess, yeah, I guess so. And that kind of helps explain why, you know, Kelly's been off working at a bar and stuff and they've had time to open a hardware store and a fish taco stand and stuff like that. So I think more time has passed than I had originally thought is all I'm yeah. trying to get at. Good point. I hadn't thought about that either, but yeah, it does. It, it makes sense. It, it, everything would fit. Yeah. And I feel like two years is a long time too for Ash to go deadite free and just live a semi-normal life. Right. So it was about time the evil came back. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's why, maybe he had time to uh, think about a family. <laughs> yeah. Think about a family and decide that he, he wants to have one. Um, and then the only other thing I had here is during the fight with Brock, uh, Brandy getting hit with the can of beans and then kicked in the head while they uh. sort of stumble around. That was that was yeah. a pretty solid comedic sort of slapstick moment for me. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I remember that. That was funny. I, I laughed out loud at that. I was like, poor Brandy. I know. She's, <laughs> she's you know, immediately before that, before, uh, this happens immediately before getting drenched in blood, and you're just like, yeah, this girl, this poor girl. <laughs> she, Her mother's dead. Her father is Ash, and she's inadvertently getting her... <laughs> ass kicked in a fight and covered in blood. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Her mother's dead. Her father is Ash. That's, that's pretty much it right there. <laughs> that's right. What, what, what worse could you ask for really? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, anyways, that is all I have for this episode overall pretty good, but I felt like it was a similar tone to last week, but that's not bad. No, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, in fact, it makes me want to see the next one even more now, because now I'm like, you know, with these more story-driven uh, episodes, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next? Let's go. Yeah, let's get right on to it. But uh, we got to wait until next week to talk about that one. Uh, we're going to take a break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Yeah.
Groovy. All right. Uh, news from bloodydisgusting.com and 1428elm.com. Uh, there was an article about uh, the ratings for uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3. Now that we've got three episodes going, uh, there's, the numbers are starting to trickle in. I'm just going to read it word for word. It kind of reads like a conversation. It says, it's time to get real about this, people. Ash vs. Evil Dead is in serious danger of going away. Stars certainly hasn't been doing any favors for the third season of Ash vs. Evil Dead thus far, which was first pushed out of its usual October slot and bumped to February. On top of that, the premiere episode aired against The Return of the Walking Dead, followed by a second episode that aired against Walking Dead and the freaking Oscars. <laughs> mm. What's going on here? Stars burying the show, and what are the chances of a fourth season renewal at this point in time? The outlook isn't too great, friends. The website TV series uh, finale has been keeping track of the season three viewership ratings for Ash vs. Evil Dead, reporting the following numbers for episodes one and two. Episode three... Uh, family had 225,000 viewers, but episode 3.2, uh, Booth 3, uh, only had 171,000 viewers. Mm. That is, uh, I mean, those are pretty low numbers. I mean, it, it depends what you consider low and what you're comparing it to, I guess. But yeah, and it looks like the first episode of season three had 225,000. Or did you say yeah. that? Yeah. Um, yeah, 220,000, second episode, 171,000. That seems really low. That's not even the population of my, the town I live in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, so I don't know. You know, it's, it's on one hand, I think stars is kind of difficult to get. I don't know that, you know, I'm Canadian, so what do I know? But maybe you can say, you can talk to it a little bit more. Like stars is um, not a lot of people get stars down there. Um it's readily available, but yeah, you know what I think part of the issue is, is that people don't want to pay for the full stars programming just to watch the one show. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I can totally see that. We have that problem up here too. I don't want to pay for a whole cable package or something just to get one channel to watch one show. Yeah. Uh, so it can be a problem, but you know, I, I hope that, that stars can sort of see that, they've got something fun and special on their hands here. And, uh, but at the same time, if they're, if they're just aren't the viewers, you know, they need to sell advertising and stuff like that. So I do hope the show yeah. doesn't go away just because the, the viewership is down, but that's honestly probably what the, they're, you know, what the biggest thing that influences their decision, I think. Yeah, totally. It did. The article did go on to mention how we can help out. So Ooh. it says, uh, for starters, you should be damn sure to be watching Ash vs. Evil Dead every Sunday night. <laughs> Agree. Here are some other ways you can help out. Uh, download the Stars app. So they it says they have a, uh, the app has a 30-day free trial, so you can binge the show, delete the app. But it'll raise the, uh, the uh, viewership numbers. The second thing you can do is purchase Stars through your local cable provider. We just talked about that. Mm -hmm. Cost to you. The prices vary according to uh, the place you live. Third thing you can do is purchase the show's DVDs and Blu-rays. Merchandising is important. If you fork over the dough, you get the show. That's, <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. I like purchasing DVDs. I got quite a Blu-ray collection because I like watching the extras that you get on the Blu-rays. I think those are cool. And I know they got some for the Ash vs. Evil Dead series. That's a good idea. Yeah. But buy the stuff, right? There's, there's, there's Blu-rays, there's toys. I know you can get the, uh, the Ashy Slashy puppet now, you know? Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. So 
just generally support the show, I guess, is what they're saying. And, you know, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, nothing was ever said about Netflix. The first two seasons are on Netflix, but I guess, I guess that doesn't do anything for viewership. Well, you know, I guess not, because Netflix also doesn't release their their viewership numbers, uh, at least publicly. I wonder if they, they report back to the original networks when they when they buy a show like that. You'd think there has to be something for yeah. uh, for stars, but... So it can't be meaningless. I mean, if you're going to watch it on Netflix, watch it on Netflix. I know I do once in a while. When it first yeah. showed up there, I started watching right from the beginning again in season one, and uh, I loved it. So do do that, people. Watch it on Netflix and and do what you can. And then watch it on the app. <laughs> That's right. You'll you'll just be watching it over and over again. You'll be buying the <laughs> buying all the the stuff. You know, write letters to your your stars local stars affiliate. I don't know how it works. Yeah, right. <laughs> to your local congressman, save Ash versus Evil Dead. <laughs> congressman will be like, what? <laughs> uh-huh, what? Yeah. All right, we got from IndieWire.com. Uh, the actors Ray Santiago and uh, Dana DeLoranzo uh, reveal just what it takes to clean up after being doused in literal gallons of splatter matter. That's what they call it. So DeLorenzo wasn't sure if she or executive producer Sam Raimi, who, who first coined the term, but splatter matter serves as a useful catch-all to describe the goop that they're drenched in almost every show. It's not just blood, she says. It's brains. It's viscera. <laughs> it's colons. It's vomit. It's all things, she said. You've got to peel off your clothes, Lindsay Ferris says, who joined the cast as a fellow fighter of the undead in season three, uh, we're slightly embalmed because there's just so much goo on us. You're dri you're ripping layers of skin off when you take your clothes off. Oh People God. think that it's just gooey, but it's not the blood going on that's the problem. It's getting it off. Uh, De Lorenzo adds, because in five minutes, it suddenly turns into that scene from the 40-year-old virgin where you're turning your head and suddenly you're Steve Corral shouting, Ah, Kelly Clarkson! <laughs> <laughs> But when it comes to time for a more thorough cleanup, here's the secret solution known to many actors and makeup insiders, shaving cream, shaving cream and a shower that lasts for about an hour and a half will get you clean. Well, this is all extremely valuable information. So the next time I'm covered in blood, I'm going to know what to do. <laughs> Right. Ever find yourself cobbled in viscera? Uh, shaving cream is the answer. <laughs> oh, man. I pity the person that just doesn't have any shaving cream in the house. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, really. I, I, I didn't know that, but that's pretty cool. It You know, it sounds like a lot of fun to shoot this show, and it looks like everyone's having a lot of fun from what you can see on screen. And then you hear about this. It's just like it takes an hour and a half and a two bottles of shaving cream to get cleaned up afterwards. I know. Oh, my God. I'd still do it. Yeah, I'd still do it, too. <laughs> they probably have the same problem on The Walking Dead, huh? Probably, but I I, I would think so. But I just don't feel like the, on, on The Walking Dead they get quite as totally drenched in the no. fake blood or brains or viscera. So, All right, from denofgeek.com, uh, Dana again and Ray are interviewed by uh, Stefan Harbour. Stefan asks, uh, Kelly's character arc was always fun to watch, and it seemed like you had a lot of work with, uh, uh, you had a lot to work with as an actor. Will season three continue to build upon the foundation that's been set up, and will you still be getting enough screen time with all the new characters that are being introduced? And Dana answers, uh, here's the final thing. 
Everything we've seen built up for two seasons with Kelly does lead up to one moment. Brandy actually thinks this over, and she serves as her father does, which gives Kelly a chance to get out of this Catch-22 situation and finally forge her path and go into battle alone, willing to risk it all. And, and she does. And we'll have to see if she's victorious or not, but the point is she gets her day in the sun, man, and that is why I'm so excited to go ballistic, reminiscent of the deli slicers scene from season one. And she uses every skill and every weapon that we have seen her use up until this point and everything she learned from Ash. Man, I am excited for you to see what will happen. Mm. Man, that, that sounds like Kelly is going out in a blaze of glory or something. Like yeah, she's, it does. <laughs> she's like going into her final death battle or something. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it because that sounds amazing. But again, I don't want her to be killed off. No, I know. Huh? Well... Um, Ray was also interviewed. Uh, Ray was asked, will, uh, Pablo be getting more action heavy moments this year? Uh, and Ray answers, we have something that we call Brujo Especial that's coming at you this season. I think Pablo's powers are maybe not the strongest in the physical sense that are definitely going to be helping the players of the team. And yes, we had a director this season that was fighting for Pablo to get a good kick-ass, kill the deadite scene, and it happened. I was very happy that he stuck up for me because often I found myself in the writer's room begging them, please, please, let me kill a deadite. Let me kill a deadite. <laughs> Everybody just was always calling me a pussy and I can do it and I just want to fight. And I think maybe Pablo will definitely get closer to getting laid this season as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. He's going on and on about how he wants to kill and, and, and kill deadites and be super powerful. And by the way, I want to get laid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He's in the writer's room begging them, please, please let me kill a deadite. Yeah, that's pretty good, uh, you know, and I'm glad to hear that because people want to see Pablo do amazing stuff and they want him to be an awesome, strong, ass-kicking character. I mean, do you remember at the panel, I said something about, um, about you know, Pablo isn't necessarily the most capable character and the audience booed me, which I was, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was fine with, but, uh, <laughs> you know, people want to see him kick some ass and yeah. I agree. <laughs> He's lo he's lovable. He he needs his time in the sun. Totally, totally. All right, and lastly, um, do you want some Ash versus Evil Dead gifs? Yes, like I do. The computer gifs, G I F S. Yeah, there's a website uh, called uh, Giphy.com, and if you type in Giphy.com/slash Ash versus Evil Dead, they have a ton of gifs that you can download for all your avatar and email needs. There's a a whole bunch of them, and they're pretty cool. You should check it out. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want Ash versus Evil Dead gifts, so I'm going to make start a collection. That's good to know. Yeah, they make a great uh, avatar, too. Sweet. All right. That's it for the news? That's it for the news. Right on. Let's move on into a little bit of listener feedback and... As you guys probably know, most of the feedback is about last week's episode, uh, but that's okay. We'll start here with John Bucket, who says, I'm so relieved that the show is still as batshit crazy as it's always been. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right on. Us too, John. Totally. Uh, we've got from at Absolute Legend, any lull I had over the last episode gone. Episode two, exactly what I thought it would be. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Exactly what we thought it would be. At Hit the Snake, 
uh, wrote second episode in a row that made me gag. 10 out of 10 for season three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? Was it the beheading or was it the Brock? Uh, well, for episode two, the gagging probably re was related to the sperm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> All right. From Tiffany Ann Thompson. Uh, she writes, absolutely loved the scene where the woman's hand attacked Ash from the magazine. It was so creative and surprising. I love how creative this show is. So awesome. And yes, I loved the the sperm bank scene. That was hysterical and not as gross as season two, episode two. <laughs> no, yeah. eh? Was that the, was season two, episode two, the uh, uh, up the ass fight? I, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Hey, man, the sperm scene came close, but. Yep, always something in there making me gag. Uh, Rima Joe writes, Just thought I'd add along with what y'all said about the song choice during the sperm bank scene. The video for Take On Me was a guy coming to life from a magazine slash comic, which to me was like the girl coming to life from the porn magazine. That's mm. what that's what I related it to when the song started and the girl came to life. I'm a child of MTV, so maybe it's just me. That's perfect. That is awesome. Yeah. Totally, yeah. The whole the, that was what the whole video was about, huh? I don't remember the video, but you know, I'll take her word for it. And uh, the whole scene was like an homage to that, maybe. So the song was just perfect. Yeah. Cool. That was a great observation, Rima. All right, Tina Carreri. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name there. I was having a laugh thinking about the meeting that took place in order to get the rights to the song, Evil Dead producers to Aha People. Uh, we'd like to use Take On Me in an episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Aha, people. Great. What kind of scene is it? Uh, Evil Dead producers. Um, while whistling, looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> how how should we say this? Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Finally here, uh, because he just can't stay off the podcast entirely, Jason mm. Cabassi writes uh about this week's episode episode three well dalton didn't last long did he it's still a mystery whether pablo actually turned on him people do tend to get possessed on this show either way seems like dalton is toast i still hope we get to learn what exactly happened and a little more about his backstory too otherwise what was the point of him yeah, this is like what we were talking about. What yeah, the heck, man? Exactly. He was just there, and then he wasn't, and I didn't really see the point. So um, <laughs> kind of how everyone's feeling. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for for writing in. Send in uh, comments uh, for next week about, uh, about this episode, if you can. And, uh, Rich, before we wrap it up, what is happening next week on Ash vs. Evil Dead? Next episode is, is titled Unfinished Business. Oh, Brock warns Ash of an otherworldly hurricane brewing. Ash and Pablo make a discovery at the hardware store. Kelly and Brandy face a familiar four. Hey, Brock is back. There you go. I, that's, uh, that's awesome. So you get your wish. Brock is not going to be just there for, what was it, six minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you timed it exactly, by the way. He's on screen for six minutes and then he's gone. So. <laughs> what the heck? Where'd he go? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Ash and Pablo, what did it say? Discover something at the hardware store? Yeah, Ash and Pablo make a discovery at the hardware store. Okay. That's pretty, uh, pretty vague. And then Kelly and Brandy face a familiar foe. Interesting. Kelly and Brandy are teaming up, and Ash and Pablo are back at the store. So, huh. all right. 
Well, that's next week on Ash versus Evil Dead, and uh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, cool. All right, that's our show, episode 29. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I want to say a big thanks to Jason for letting us uh, do this without him this week. Hopefully it went okay. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And he will be back next week, of course, to retake the reins of this uh, crazy train we're on here. So hopefully he'll invite us back too. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, all new hosts. (laughs) Um, in the meantime, though, if you'd like to call us, you can do that at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can also email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out the other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com. They're all Excellent. I agree with that statement. And uh, you, of course, can find Jason's Walking Dead podcast there. You can find my Walking Dead podcast at TalkingDeadPodcast.com and uh, lots of other great stuff on the Podcastica network at Podcastica.com. Check it out. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Nobody fucks with the ghost beaters.